Chapter 31 of Pee Wee Harris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pee Wee Harris by Percy Keyes Fitzhugh. Chapter 31 Circumstantial Evidence. Along the road and over the stone wall and straight across the bed of tiger lilies sped Pee Wee using his own particular mode of scout pace, patent not applied for. Across the side porch and into the kitchen he went, pell-mell, shouting in a voice to crack the heavens. It's a monopoly. I mean, monopoly. We've got a monopoly. Where's everybody? Hey, Aunt Jemsiah, where are you? Where's Uncle Eb? Hurry up and make some donuts. There's a detour. Cars. Hundreds of cars from the highway. They're coming along the road. Y you ought to see. Where's the ice pick? Can I have some lemons? Uh, are there any cookies left? I left two on the plate last night. Where's the sugar so I can... He paused in his frenzy of haste and enthusiasm as Aunt Jemsiah opened the sitting-room door, very quietly and seriously. Shh! Come in here, Walter, she said. Her manner, kind and gentle but serious, disconcerted Pee-wee and chilled his enthusiasm. The very fact that he was summoned into the sitting-room seemed ominous, for that holy of holies was never used. Not more than once or twice in Pee-wee's recollection had his own dusty shoes stood upon that sacred oval-shaped rag carpet. Never before had he found himself within reaching distance of that plush album that stood on its wire holder on the marble table. This solemn apartment was the only room in the house that had a floor covering, and the fact that Pee-wee could not hear his own footfalls agitated him strangely. Uncle Eb sat in a corner near the melodeon, looking strangely out of place in his ticking overalls. Is... is she... dead? Pee-wee whispered fearfully. "'Sit down, Walter,' said Aunt Jemsiah. "'No, she isn't dead. She's better.' Uncle Eb said nothing, only watched Pee-wee keenly. Pee-wee seated himself, feeling very uncomfortable. "'Walter,' said his aunt, "'something very serious has happened, and I'm going to ask one or two questions. You will tell me the truth, won't you?' "'I'll answer for him doing that,' said Uncle Eb. "'Sure I will,' said Pee-wee proudly. "'Walter, do you know what Pepsi's secret was? "'You remember she said that she had a secret "'that would make lots and lots of people come and buy things from you?' "'Girls are—' Pee-wee began. "'He was going to say they were crazy, "'but remembering the one that lay upstairs, "'he caught himself up and said, they're kind of, they, they think they have big ideas when they haven't. I should worry about their secrets. But some of Pepsi's ideas and plans have been very big, Walter, his aunt said ruefully. You see, we know her better than you do. She's very, very queer. I'm afraid no one understands her. I understand her, said Pee-wee. She believes in bad luck days. Aunt Jemsiah paused a moment, considering. Then she went straight to the point. Pepsi wants to do right, dear, 
but she will do wrong in order to do right sometimes we have always been a little fearful of her for that reason she she can't argue in her own mind and consider things as as you do i know lots of dandy arguments Pee-wee announced you know walter her father was a uh, he was a not a very good man and pepsi is queer last night she made a dreadful mess in the cellar she was at the kerosene oh it makes me just sick to think of it she had some rags soaked with kerosene some of them were found out by the well the others aunt jemsiah lifted her handkerchief to her eyes and wept for a moment silently what others Pee-wee asked the ones that were used to set fire to the bridge dear oh it's terrible to think of it poor poor pepsy that is what is bringing lots and lots of people along our road to-day walter pepsy was found lying unconscious near the bridge she had kerosene all over her one charred rag was found over there it just makes me it makes me Pee-wee arose and laid one hand on the back of the haircloth chair. He, too, was concerned now. You—you you didn't tell her—you didn't blame—accuse her, did you? he asked. No, I didn't, his aunt breathed worriedly. I asked her to tell me all about last night, and she would tell me nothing she said that the planks and the bridge tormented her almost everything i asked her she said i won't tell she is very very stubborn she she was always so because anyway Pee-wee said alluding to his former query if anybody says she burned down the bridge on purpose it's a lie i don't care who says it it's a lie she's my she's my partner and it's a lie if even even if the minister says it it's a lie listen my dear boy said his aunt kindly i'm not angry with pepsi poor child i'm not accusing her and you mustn't talk about the reverend mr gloomer telling lies pepsi tried to burn down the orphan home once for some trifling grievance we can't take the responsibility of the poor child any longer i'm afraid that any minute beriah bungle will want to take her arrest her i know she's your partner dear but but it would be better for us to send her back to the state home where she will probably be kept than to let her be arrested i don't think she knew what she was doing poor poor child aunt jemsiah broke down completely crying in her handkerchief so uncle eb finished what there was to say we had to send for him walter said he she'll be better off there for a spell i reckon i ain't so sure about her doing it though it looks bad leastways she didn't know what she was doing but don't you worry Pee-wee did not wait to hear more. He just could not stand there. When? 
when they coming? he asked. I reckon tomorrow, boy. Now look here. But Pee-wee had gone. Up the narrow boxed-in stairs he went, never asking permission. He could see nothing but a big enclosed wagon, dark inside, with Pepsi inside it. He had no more idea what he was going to do that day than the man on the moon, but he knew what he was going to do that very minute, when a scout makes up his mind to do a thing. Into the little room under the eaves he strode, his eyes glistening, but his heart staunch and his resolve indomitable, and she smiled when she saw him. She was sitting up, and she looked ever so little in her night clothes and ever so plain with her tightly braided red hair, but her eyes were clear, and she smiled when she looked at him. I won't tell anybody where I went, she said, because I was a smarty and I thought I could make somebody do a good turn ever so, ever so big. And they'd only laugh at me if I told them what it was, so I'm not gonna be a tell-tale cat. Pap, he said, it shows that you're right because lots and lots of automobiles are coming along our roads since the old bridge burned down and it's a detour and that means hundreds and hundreds of them have to go past our refreshment place, and we're going to make lots of money. And I thought of a dandy idea. It's what they call an inspiration. We're going to name the place Pepsi Rest, because Pepsi will remind people to buy chewing gum, because it has pepsin in it, and as soon as you're all well, and we'll start in and keep on being partners, because we have a monopoly do you know what that is? It's when you can sell all you want of something and nobody else can sell it, see? Mr. Jensen, he put up a sign and he said no one should sell things on his property and he owns all the property along the road. And you bet everybody is scared of him. So now we're going to have a great big business and we begin as poor boys, I mean girls, I mean, a boy and a girl. So don't you believe anything that anybody tells you. Not even, not even Aunt Jamsiah. Because you know how I told you I was a good fixer and I'm always lucky? You have to admit that. Can I be the one to count the money? Pepsi asked. Sure, and I'll be the one to eat what's left of the things that won't keep, said Pee-wee. Only... Don't you worry no matter what you hear. She was on the point of telling him how Mr. Jensen had done his good turn after all, and all about what she remembered of the previous night. But she decided that she was not going to have a boy laughing at her and put it within his power to call her a tell-tale cat some day. So instead, she threw her arms around him and said, Oh, goody, goody! You know how girls do. End of chapter 31 Recording by Keith Salas